0: Want to learn more about mastering your warehouse operations? Find out how with Dan, the CEO of Optricity, in episode 32. You can find that episode on letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season 2 dash episode 32. Make sure to check that one out. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry, you will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder, has to say. How long does it take you to get a duty rate or guidance on the right HS classification from your current customs broker?
1: With Border Buddy's new revolutionary self-service technology, you will never go traditional again. We have created a platform that allows you to get instant quotes on duties, taxes, and customs fees to import your products into North America. To get 10% off your first clearance, sign up at borderbuddy.com forward slash let's supply chain.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Thank you for joining me today and for supporting the show each and every week. Today, I am bringing you one of the most important and frustrating parts of supply chain planning. But before we do that, let's get into listener's corner. So this week's question comes from Nick out of California. With the announcement of a potential tariff increase on another $200 of imports from China that would Go into effect in September, importers are faced with four options that all have long term effects. Is there enough demand for your product that could warrant an additional 10 to 25% price increase? What is your company doing? Is it A, continue the current supply chain and eat the costs? B, continue the current supply chain, implement pl- price increases to your customers? C. Redesign the supply chain to source products from other countries. And D. Set up domestic manufacturing. So Audrey Ross, uh, she is a logistics and customs specialist. She said, we are currently doing a combination of A, B, and C. Um, Nick Moreau came back and said, we are also in combination of A and B. I am not entirely certain of this as I am not customer facing and C some items have certain patents by suppliers and cannot be moved. Some items can be made by various suppliers and easily moved and some items are just harder to move because of complexity of process or high tooling costs. More of this answer will be at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash listener corner. Then we got into a conversation with between Nick and Timothy and And you're going to want to go and check that out. Timothy Dooner, he started off by saying, you forgot the most popular answer, which is E, do nothing and pray you don't get audited. And again, that turned into a conversation that you're going to want to go and check out either on LinkedIn at Let's Talk Supply Chain or on our listeners corner at the website. Click and Drive came back and said Sarah Barnes Humphrey, thank you providing for providing a platform that addresses hot topics in real time. Your commitment is appreciated. And then we had a comment on Instagram by SMO Loco. He said E, he, he is another E. He said, continue current supply chain and raise prices to customers and hope like hell they don't notice or all the competition does the same. And that was hashtag fingers crossed. You can find that conversation at let's Talk Supply Chain on Instagram or again on our listeners corner. If you have a question, please send it to me at listener at Chain.com. So let's get into the episode today. Are you at risk of overpaying and under, under delivering? Well, today, as promised, we have answers. Joining me on the show is Sean Phillips from Dynasys to talk to us about why demand and supply chain planning is the answer to the end-to-end and supply chain and what you can do to optimize Sean joined Dynasys in 2017 and brings over 20 years of experience in delivering business value via enterprise technology with strong domain competencies in supply chain and process manufacturing. As a global product and market manager, Sean is responsible for the strategic direction of the Dynasys Demand and Supply Chain Planning Suite, with a focus on driving S&OP forward slash IBP, as well as go-to-market enablement and market development. Sean has an international focus, having started his career in Australia, spending many years serving the APAC region before spending several years in Germany. Since 2012, Sean has called Paris home. Sean is viewed as a global visionary who maintains a passionate focus on maximizing sustainable business benefit from the adoption of technology. So welcome to the show, Sean.
1: Thanks very much. It's great to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, I am excited to chat with you today because demand and supply chain planning seems to be a hot topic among supply chain professionals these days. So let's not waste any more time. What is the story behind Dynasys? How did you get started and what do you do?
1: Yeah, Dynasys, very interesting story, very different. The story began in 1985 in Strasbourg, in eastern France. Now, it was originally based out of a, a former bakery, or we'd say patisserie, in Alsace, in eastern France. Now, I've got this theory here that great American IT startups always begin out of someone's garage, you know, like Bill Gates and Microsoft or Steve Jobs and Apple, and great French startups always begin out of a bakery. Now, I think that perhaps there's a, a cultural point to be made here between motorcars and, and and bread. Uh in 2012, uh Genesis became part of the greater QAD group of companies. Uh that was great for us. It really accelerated our, our capabilities and our capacities uh worldwide to, to do what we do. Uh since uh 2012, you know, we have really grown dramatically. We're a global provider of very innovative supply chain solutions. Uh our focus as a company has always been very simple. It's about enabling our customers to have the right product at the right place at the right time. Uh, Naturally, as a company, we're very innovative, we're very agile. The product's now in its sixth generation of technology. Uh, We leverage the the web, Internet of Things, and, of course, uh, the cloud. In fact, we were one of the first solution providers in our domain to offer a full subscription license, uh, a cloud-based solution.
0: That is awesome. And I love the story behind it. I love how you, you know, do that analogy about the tech startups start out of a garage, but in France, they start out of a bakery. I guess that sort of goes with the whole baguette theme.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. it's uh, So
0: why why do you think that uh, demand and supply chain planning are so important to maximize the end-to-end supply chain?
1: Yeah, sure. Look, there's a lot of... um, a lot of change happening at the moment. Uh, we're living in this fast, interconnected world. And if we think about you know, what actually is demand and supply chain planning, I always use the analogy of, a, of the sat- sat- satellite navigation, the GPS system in your car. You know, if you're a company, your manufacturing and your distribution operations, they're the engine room, they're the engine in your car. But the demand and supply chain planning solution, yeah, they're the sat nav. The demand system is telling you this is the best possible picture of future sales. This is where you want to go. This is your destination. And the supply planning component, it says, well, if that's where we want to go, this is all the activities we need to do to get there. This is what we need to make, move, buy. This is when we've got to do it within the constraints of what you're able to do and in the most optimal manner. And because things are changing so fast at the moment, In in this day and age, we have access to unprecedented levels of of data. End-to-end planning is is so important to synchronize all of the business operations. We need to ensure that we don't just synchronize within ourselves that our sales departments, to our distribution, logistics, manufacturing and procurement are all in sync. We actually have to synchronize ourselves to the greater supply chain. So we don't have operational silos working independently, not necessarily sensitive To the, to the requirements and to the greater strategic objective of the enterprise. Another analogy I like to use is like an orchestra without a conductor. If you could imagine each instrument being played absolutely impeccably perfect to the music, however, totally out of sync with the other pieces of the orchestra. And this is why I say that end to end planning, end to end synchronization across the supply chain is so crucial uh, in this day and age.
0: That's when people with a musical ear starts cringing.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, i And I love your analogies because that's giving a clear picture so that everybody can understand because there's a lot of levels of supply chain professionals that are working within the industry that are, you know, working towards common goals within companies. And I think being able to strike a chord with every single one of them and providing them with that picture to really understand, you know, some of the industry jargon, you know, when we talk about demand, planning and supply chain planning, what exactly does that truly mean? And I think you've hit that on the nail with the two analogies that you're able to um, bring together. And I think you also make another really good point is that with technology and things moving so quickly, um, I had somebody else actually mentioned that everything's changing every 1.5 years. So it's, you know, how do you sort of keep up with the technology, um, as you know, as genesis.
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and it's so true. Things are changing so rapidly. Again, let me expand on the analogy of, of the GPS in your car. You know, if you're heading to a destination and you change your destination, you know, the GPS reroutes itself. Or if you're heading to the original destination and all of a sudden you come across a, a bridge that's closed or a car accident, you know, you reroute yourself. You find a, an alternative way to get there in the best possible uh, time with the best possible uh, uh, distance. And it's a little bit like a supply chain still because nothing travels smoothly. We just said we're we're living in this changing world where destinations are changing, capacities are disappearing, and new opportunities are appearing. New opportunities are appearing that we can take advantage of. And this is why agility is so important uh, in this particular space. Uh, We need to make sure we don't lock ourselves in. We're not uh, making decisions and locking ourselves in there and not changing. We need to be sensitive to what's around us. And that's why I love the GPS analogy because without, uh, if I'm driving my car and a bridge is closed, it will reroute itself or I hit a traffic jam, it reroutes itself. And that's exactly what supply chain planning, uh, agile supply chain planning technology should do. It should recalculate and present an alternative plan to the business because we can no longer use this particular provider out of China because we have to pay a twenty-five percent tariff. Okay, or we can no longer uh, source this raw material from this provider uh, because it's their, they've got a, 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 they've had a fire in their, in their factory or another uh, a one-off constraint that's that's hurting us and we have to reroute the plan. So I, I don't want to stick to the analogy too much, but uh, it, it lends itself very well to, to explain this particular predicament.
0: Yeah, and because there's so many components to supply chain, you know, those are really only two um, examples of what can kind of happen. I mean, supply chain is all about Problem solving, essentially, because you've got different challenges on transportation with your suppliers, different things like that that can come up. And you're right; it's really, really important to be able to mitigate those so that you're also taking a look and reducing your risk as well. So let's get into some of the key indicators. We talked about really what demand and supply chain planning looks like, what it can do for your business, what exactly it is. But for professionals, for supply chain professionals to know when they need a solution to help them with that. Um, Because we've got a lot of, you know, different size companies that are all handling different uh, types of supply chains now, especially with e-commerce. So what are the key indicators um, that they, they need to know and look out for so that they know that it's time to get a solution like that?
1: Sure. Look, in fear of oversimplification, I said that our reason for being is to make sure our customers have the right product in the right place at the right time. If you don't do that, you're not satisfying your demand. So you're having customer service levels where you're not able to provide your customers, you're having back orders, or you're losing business. So poor customer service level is the primary driver. Another one is you may be meeting your customer service, but you have got excessive inventory. You're carrying the wrong product at the wrong place or too much product everywhere just because you can't plan correctly and you need to somehow satisfy your customers. So the very, very basic options are too much inventory or... Uh, the wrong inventory, and poor service level. But then it goes a long way from that. Okay, you move from there and say, well, what about waste? You know, I've got the wrong product, therefore I'm wasting it. Uh, I can't use it. It's becoming obsolete. Uh, I'm having trouble managing my capacity. I'm turning on overtime continuously because I don't have the right uh, picture of my future demands, so therefore I'm doing knee-jerk reactions all the time and having to turn on excessive uh, production capacity. Likewise, I'm having to have high ex, uh, expedite freight and have air freight or overnight freight where I would normally uh, have a lower cost freight that would uh, uh, be using uh, full truckloads. Another one is uh, the lack of agility. You know, we talk that things change so much. Now, it's very difficult to measure lack of agility, uh, but if you find that you cannot sense a problem and respond to a problem, uh, such as a competitor, uh, a competitor's threat or a new opportunity in a marketplace, and you cannot respond to that, uh, then that's an idea that you need some some technology that's going to help you um, add the visibility and add the decision-making enablement to make your company more agile. And the last one I I would add would be more strategic. Uh, If you are having trouble aligning your operations to your your executive uh, objectives, to your budgets, and to your strategic plans, um it might be well it might be great that you're you know you've got low inventory and high service level uh and all your production capacities are, are running at optimal utilization however you're not actually achieving the the growth in the areas you need to be making the growth uh you may not be adhering to uh your fiscal obligations so that alignment to business uh, alignment to the strategic business plan is very important as well
0: yeah, so a lot of what you had mentioned there, um, so it's about being proactive rather than being reactive, and a lot of them are expenditures that are just not necessary but are impacting the bottom line. So, just a couple of areas for people to to definitely take a look at. Um, but I want to go back to the poor customer service. What exactly do you mean about that? Like, what do you what do you mean by that? Because you know, people look at customer service from a few different angles.
1: And I want to make sure that we capture that. Look, I think the easiest way to describe customer service is delivery on full, uh, in time, to specification. Uh, if you're not delivering uh, in full because you don't have sufficient inventory, or it's late, you have had to place a back order, or the product is not to the specified quality, uh, then you're not giving your customer what they want. If you don't give your customer what they want, your competitor will, especially in this age of, uh, you know, we're losing, people don't have the the same locked-in brand loyalty that we used to have. Uh, And it's a lot easier to change sources of supply and to serve other sources of demand. So, yeah, that's what I mean by customer service.
0: Perfect, perfect. It's not just about having, you know, the smiley face while you're talking to them on the phone. Um, And that's what I wanted to um, capture. So thanks for that. Now, um, you know, we've talked about the key indicators when they need to look for, you know, a supply chain planning, demand planning type solution. What are they looking for in a solution um, and looking for in a solution provider? Because let's be honest, there are a lot of companies out there. This is a competitive space. And, you know, Shippers, uh, traffic managers, supply, VPs of supply chain, they are being hit on a daily basis, um, by different solution providers, not just in demand and supply chain planning, but in other sectors as well. And it's very difficult for them to, um, you know, figure out who to listen to, who not to listen to. So if we can give them a few pointers and a few things to really check out or even questions to ask on that really quick phone call to figure out who who to look out for, um, I think that
1: would be great. Solution providers do a very good job of making themselves all look the same, almost like a commodity. And to differentiate ourselves uh, in in true differentiation is quite difficult. Uh, For a supply chain professional, you know, first most you're looking for an industry fit, a solid industry fit, ideally even into the sub-vertical space. You're looking for a solution provider that talks the language you talk and serves your peers uh, in the market. Secondly, you're looking for someone that talks your language and works in your backyard. You know, someone in your geography, uh, that's absolutely crucial. Uh, you don't want to be the first person in your geography uh, to uh, to implement a, a technology and find that uh, you can only call the support desk uh, between 8 and 10 in the morning because of time zone differences. And I think one of the most important ones I'm seeing at the moment is product, what I would call the recent history of the product or product recent history. Talk to a solution provider and see how often did you sell this product in the last 12 months, or the last 24 months? How many customers have implemented this product in the last uh, 12 months? Uh, A lot of solution providers out there have good, happy uh, customer uh, references, uh, but a lot of them are 10 or 15 years old and the products are not getting the investment anymore uh, and it may not even be a a core part of their uh, go-forward strategy as as a company. So important uh, three areas: industry fit, geography support, and make sure the the product really is a current product. From a technology perspective, yeah, I think it's uh, cloud, cloud, and cloud. Yeah, cloud is there for scalability and it enables you to grow as your company grows. Makes you again more agile, and uh, the low cost of ownership uh, of the cloud. And to a solution, yeah, it's about visibility and decision support and analytics. I always say that uh, a good supply chain planning uh, software is a is a combination of a, a strong analytical engine, a you know, business intelligence capability, and almost collaborative, like Facebook. You know, you want this something that's highly collaborative. A lot of people can get around a plan and collaborate on it uh, to come to a to come to a uh, consensus plan in, in a multi enterprise way as well. Uh, at the same time, have strong analytics to support decision making and that end-to-end visibility we talked about and and thirdly with regard to the solution i think it's important that whatever technology you adopt in this space has to be agile because our environment and our the market we're working in is changing drastically in unprecedented ways so with agility we talk about high visibility end-to-end synchronization highly responsive and highly analytical and be able to support decision makings, decision making and run alternative scenarios. What is plan A versus plan B? Not just in a point way, but end to end. What is business plan A versus business plan B? Because everything is changing and we need to compare different scenarios because we don't exactly know what the future is going to hold.
0: Absolutely, I, I definitely agree with that. So, um, let's talk about the kind of ROI that um, we can expect from the solution, and how can supply chain professionals professionals measure it? Because this is a huge uh, part of you know adopting new technology, bringing some new technology into the company. Is that the company is expecting? an ROI from it. What is it going to do for us? It's it's going to optimize our, you know, operations potentially, but does what does that mean for our bottom line? And then how can they measure the ROI that they're going to get from a demand and supply chain planning solution?
1: Yeah, it, it's great. Look, supply chain planning is very much about doing the best you can with what you've got. And okay. so, you know, maximizing your, your asset utilization. From an ROI perspective, of course, you're looking to uh, maximize uh your uh, delivery against demand. So therefore, you're looking at uh, maximizing your customer service level, making sure every customer gets what they want when they want it uh, in full. Uh, that would be your first one, making sure maximum customer service level. That ties in with improved sales revenue, of course. Uh, not always ties in with sales revenue, because if you're playing, if your customers place back orders, you know, you're still getting the revenue, but you're not delivering them in full on time. So delivery in full on time is the, uh, is the, uh, the key financial metric that we would, uh, use in that space. In addition to, uh, supply chain costs, uh, you're trying to minimize expedited, uh, freight. You're trying to me- uh, minimize, uh, excessive overtime in production or additional, um, uh, production capacity costs. So reducing supply chain costs, reducing procurement costs, uh, and Ideally, reducing your inventory as well. So, you're trying to get your inventory as a percentage of your revenue down to a down to a benchmark that's appropriate for your industry, uh, and getting maximizing your uh, return on assets.
0: Absolutely, I. Um, that's definitely going to help with obviously measuring you know, the ROI that they're going to get from a solution like this. So let's talk about ongoing maintenance because again, I'm going to go back to what I said about technology sort of changing every 1.5 years. Um, and so you obviously want to go with a solution provider that is, and you keep bringing up agility. And I love that word because you need to work with somebody who's agile and who's obviously always working on the technology side. But I would imagine that there's also some maintenance um, and you need to be able to be supported in that maintenance and not be expected to do that internally. So is there any ongoing maintenance um, that they should be considering?
1: Look, Genesis has a pretty unique story to tell in this space. You know, we are a one-stop provider. You know, we, we sell what we make, we implement what we sell, and we support what we implement. Now, of course, maybe in some remote geographies, it makes sense for us to complement that model with a, with a partner or a partner network or an indirect model. Uh, but generally we aim that our, our customers are self-sufficient. That's how we, we intend them to be. And it's a differentiator for, for Genesis where again, we're not trying to, uh, put somebody, uh, in their four walls, uh, 24-7. Uh, if something does happen, you know, we do provide a multilingual global support for all of our customers, uh, Again, something that's unique about us is, is what we call our Customer Intim- Intimacy Program. The Customer Intim- Intimacy Program, this is a, a free annual checkup, for want of a better word, provided by our, our expert consultants. It's face-to-face or it's a remote program where once a year at a mutually agreed time and date, we would work through a checklist of best practice for our customers using our technology in their industry. Uh. Ideally, this is face to face and would maybe take about half a day. We also use the opportunity to inform our customers of what's happening with the product, what's happening in the, in the, in our industry as well. It's a great chance for us to, to listen to our customers, uh, let them challenge us, listen to their, their business problems, listen to any ideas they have regarding, uh, regarding the product. Uh, we use a lot of our customer input to, to guide our roadmaps. It's also important that us as a, as a partner with our customers, we're aligned uh, to their business strategy, and we want to make sure that we provide a technology that's uh, going to support them on their on their growth path. We, uh, yeah, I love I'm that
0: sorry. because I think it's important um, for them to also know that you're going to be doing that that check. So if they do have anything going on throughout the year, that they could make note of that and uh, talk to you about it during the check, but also making sure that they're using the system the way that it needs to be used to its fullest
1: potential. You're 100% correct. And this is one of the things I think that a lot of software uh, vendors fail to understand is what is the context of which their customers use the product? And of course, they know the con- the intended context when they design their product. That doesn't necessarily correlate to the actual physical use of the product. And when we go out and we, we spend time with our customers, as I said, this is an annual event. Uh, if, something, if a customer misses it, you know, there's a there's something in a workflow that triggers something off saying, hey, and, so, and one of the guys inside the organization is going to get a, an email from their manager saying, why hasn't this customer had their uh, customer intimacy visit? Uh, it, it just really allows us to, um, to uh, listen to our customers and really understand um, you know, how what relationship do they have with our software. Of course, in addition to that, we have new releases every year. Uh, our customers may uh, may engage with us around that time to sort of reevaluate, re-eva- sorry, reevaluate their use um, of the product. And we don't force our customers to upgrade, um, but you know, we we try and encourage them to do it by providing a a new release that's uh, quite attractive for them.
0: That's great. That's great. So why don't we go through um, some real life examples of how you have helped companies big and small. If you have an example of how you've helped a smaller company versus a bigger company, that would be great just so we can get an idea more visual um, example of, of what exactly you guys have done for your for your customers.
1: Sure. You know, we're, we're fortunate to have a very you know, broad spectrum of customers across many industries, many geographies, and, and different company sizes in our customer community. We've got some, some great names, you know, Pernod Ricard with their premium brands for Cognac and, and Champagne, uh, Aramont in automotive, PPG Aerospace. Uh, if I had to sort of pick a, a, a good large customer to, uh, to discuss, I would uh, talk about Solvay. Solvay's is a, a global leader in, in chemical products. Um, they're a very large company in, in 58 countries. They have uh, more than 100 production facilities. They've got about 30,000 employees. Uh, it's a very, Solvay's is a, a great customer. Um, they're very innovative, uh, always focused on, on new product, but also have a very customer-centric company. And I like that because I always think that Genesis, we're very innovative and we're cust- very customer-centric. Uh, like Solveig, sorry, like Dennis, Solve their, their industry is very competitive. They need to be agile. There's that word again. And, and they have to make sure that they're getting the best return on the assets they've got. And that's really been a key driver for, for them is to make sure that they have a solution that gives them this visibility across their global supply chain, end to end from procurement, uh, manufacturing, distribution through to planning but also vertical integration so they can do global planning and have that go down to regional and then down to site level uh, as required. And that synchronization has to be across both these dimensions, has to be across the the horizontal dimension and synchronized vertically. It also allows them to get a single picture uh, of their business uh, for the the next one to two years. They have a very uh, um, uh, expert sales and operations planning process uh, they it's very important for them to have this visibility across um, the globe and at the same time uh, understand where they would like to be and run different uh, scenarios. You know, one of the unique things about Genesis, from a technology perspective is that we run a, a, a data model that's fully in memory uh, that allows us our customers to to run various different simulations uh, of their business plans and again these are end-to-end business plans from demand to supply. Uh, And to run different simulations and get and share those simulations across the enterprise, and to collaborate around those uh, to make sure: hey, where do we want to go? This is this the risk if we go this way. uh, This is the opportunity uh, here, and and to have that uh, discussion uh, in their long-term planning. The the sales and operations planning uh, capabilities has been uh, very very useful to uh, to solve. uh, it's helped them with their sustainable growth plans um, and helped them uh, again with their, their flexibility and, and visibility. If I, sorry, a smaller company, um, let me go down to uh, a pharmaceutical company called Expansience. Expansience is an independent pharmaceutical uh, laboratory, a lot smaller than Solvay, of course, are about a thousand people. Uh, they're an expert in skincare and treatment of arthritis products um, and uh, but they've been around about 60 years now one of the, the key things they were looking to Dennis for was to really streamline processes again this I'm going to use the word synchronization uh, synchronize all of the different business silos so everyone's working uh, to the bit of the same drum uh, and we did this again by using uh, a high degree of visibility of their supply chain and this synchronization of data across the supply chain. We, they had a, a huge problem with reliability of sales plans, sales forecasts. Uh, so by using the demand planning capabilities of Genesis, really allowed them to get a, a lot more solid and reliable a picture of what their future demand pitch, uh, future demand is. Uh, and on the operations area, allowed to optimize their production schedules and have everything feed into a, a common sales and operations planning process. Um, you know, I quote Expansions where they said, uh, you know, we needed a solution that was agile and flexible. Uh, and that's one of the, one of the key reasons uh, they chose Genesis uh, amongst the competition.
0: There's that word again. We That word is extremely, extremely important when we're talking about supply chain and technology because... Again, it's moving so quickly that um, you need to be agile yourself, and you need to be working with solution providers that are agile as well. Um, you brought up another good word, um, and it's getting a lot of hype, and it's visibility. I think that shippers are really struggling with visibility in their supply chain, um, different aspects of their supply chain. But when you talk about visibility, what do you what do you sort of think about that? What do you think are the challenges? For the shippers, and how can we all work together, maybe to change um, change that for the shippers?
1: Sure. Look, I mean, agility. Uh, sorry, visibility. I think is part of agility. To be agile and to make your company uh, more conducive to change and more responsive to opportunities and threats. I think is a, a three, a three uh, phase area. To, and the first part of that is visible, visibility. You need to see what's happening and you need to see what's happening in a connected manner across your enterprise. But just the fact that you can see it doesn't necessarily make you agile, but it's a necessary step to become agile. Uh, the fact you have the visibility, and I'm not just talking about visibility of you know, demand and supply numbers. It's, it's also uh, visibility of Qualitative data, you know, what are what, what are the, the comments across the supply chain? What are the thoughts uh, regarding different threats and, and opportunities that we can exploit? And it's not just ac- visibility. It's not just access to numbers. Visibility is about access to numbers that have undergone some analysis to present the numbers in a way that supports decision making. I don't want to just have visibility. Uh, visibility of stocks. I want to have visibility of stocks, uh, where I've exceeded a number of days of sales, uh, and I've got high cost and I've got potential obsolescence. Now, this is the visibility I want to have. Just a, just visibility to my inventory, uh, without the, without that, uh, exception detection, um, is not going to add great value to me. Uh, but from visibility, as I said, visibility doesn't give you necess- agility. It's just a first step. From visibility, we then move into what I would call uh, sense and identification of issues. You need to identify uh, where are threats, where are opportunities, where is something, even without an opportunity or a threat, where is something naturally going to go wrong? Uh, Where is a a supplier delivering late? Uh, Where is their opportunistic demand? Uh, Where is their risk around a uh, a particular supplier lead time? Uh, And then we need to from that, we need to identify that and we need to respond. The third part is respond. It's visibility, detection and response. And in, in supply chain, it's absolutely critical that we can respond and respond doesn't mean saying, well, here's a problem. Here's the solution. It often means here is a problem. Here is four or five different ways we could respond to that. Here are the different, uh, strengths and weaknesses with each of those. This is the diff, this is the impact on, on, on the financial numbers. This is the impact on the supply chain metrics. Uh, this is the impact on, um, but other other issues are like um, uh, the impact on the existing plan uh, and you measure this up and you make a, a balanced decision in a collaborative manner with all the stakeholders that you can come to a consensus that this is the best reaction to this particular problem. So getting back to your point about visibility, visibility is point one of three points and how to be agile.
0: Absolutely. I definitely agree with that, uh, with that analysis. And um, I think it's really, really important to note. So you've given a lot of really great advice, you know, things to look out for, um, so that the supply chain professional listeners know when, you know, to take a look at a, at a solution to help them with the demand supply chain planning. But what other advice would you give the listers when it comes to optimizing their end-to-end supply chain? What should they be looking for? Um, how else can they optimize it as well?
1: Yeah, sure. Look, uh, customers who uh, buy a technology and say, we're going to put in a end-to-end optimization solution, you know, that, that's really the wrong way to go about it. Um, it, it's, it has too much risk and it's going to be too much of a delay before you start to get value. The most important thing is to work in bite-sized chunks and get bite-sized value in an iterative way. Right? Firstly, you would uh, make sure that you can generate a, a feasible plan, not, not talking about necessarily an optimal plan, but a feasible plan. That's across your supply chain, so across from your demand to your uh, logistics and manufacturing and procurement to make sure that you've got a synchronised feasible plan. And from a, a feasible plan, That you can then work to make sure you've got good visibility and your uh you can get best practice processes in that in that plan to make sure that you can then move to the next step. Uh once you've got the next step would be to perhaps apply heuristics to ensure the plan adheres to constraints, but equally is acceptable to the business. Pragmatism is key here. You know, you need to have a plan that is going to be acceptable to the business and can be executed. You can have the you can have the most perfect, optimized plan that has uh, adheres to all of the constraints and maximizes all of the KPIs. But if the business won't execute it for whatever reason, uh, it's not going to have any. Uh, it's not going to add any value to your business at all. So to make sure, you have to work in, a, in small steps, be pragmatic, and make sure that the uh, the plans are being executed by the business. Once, only once that's. Uh, achieve, then you can actually start to look at, hey, how can I optimize this? You know, how can I uh, take into account the costs here, the cost of carrying inventory, the cost of overtime, the cost of expedited freight, and have those costs uh, drive uh, decision-making. But if you jump to the cost-based optimization without working through the previous steps, uh, you're going to end up with plans that are counterintuitive uh, and they won't be acceptable to the business.
0: Yeah. I like to say it's not about doing it fast. It's about doing it right. So I definitely agree with you on that. And that's some really great advice for the listeners, the supply chain professionals out there. So I hate to come to the end of the interview, but this is, this is the last question I want to know, you know, what is next for you guys? What's next for Dynasys and and what you guys are doing and because you're so innovative, you're so on the pulse. Um, and, and people are going to want to watch what you are doing. So why don't you tell me what you're working on?
1: Sure, absolutely. You know, it's you know, the growth of Dynasys over the last so many years has been phenomenal. Every single quarter, we're almost seeing record results. Um, and a lot of that is coming from our, from our innovation. From a product perspective, you know, we've got some really interesting initiatives at the moment, especially in the areas of machine learning, uh, using machine learning uh, to automate processes and augment decision-making as best we can. Tied in with that is some of uh, our advanced analytics that we're releasing into the product this year. Uh, this is very much about taking large volumes of data and being up, presented in that decision-supporting manner that I talked about. Um, you know, the cloud and the Internet of Things, it continues to uh, drive a lot of innovation. Uh, there's 330 million devices getting connected to the Internet of Things or to the Internet every month, 330 million. And you know, supply chains are becoming more and more connected. So there's a lot of opportunity here for Genesis. Uh, it's an immense uh, uh, opportunity and, and a lot of excitement for us to say how can we you know, more and more leverage from real time data to drive better decision making uh, with our customers. Uh, of course, you know where there's change, you know there's opportunity. in um, change at the moment is unprecedented. You know, obviously, with U.S. tariffs and China trade war, we've got Brexit, we've got changes to NAFTA, you know, the Trans-Pacific Trading Partnership. There's so much happening in the geopolitical environment that's impacting global supply chains. Uh, and a lot of customers are saying, you know, the way we used to do things, our processes and our technologies are just, they're not cutting it anymore. You know, there's just, it's, you know, disruption is the new normal, right? Uh, and when everything is disruptive, nothing is disruptive. We've just reached a new plateau. So there's a lot of opportunity for technologies that are agile and can benchmark alternative supply and demand op- options, you know, especially in real time. So, you know, it's its seriously, uh, it's, it's uh, super exciting for us. We're having a ball.
0: I love to hear that. I love to hear that. And I'm sure that everybody is going to be excited to watch um, you as you grow and and move forward with some of those projects. So that brings us to the end of the interview. It looks like without an optimized solution, you run the risk of overpaying and underperforming. I hope you learned just as much as I did. I know this is an important topic for supply chain professionals, supply chain management professionals, Sean and his team have provided us with a video that gives us more information about what they do, and that's going to be on the site at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season 2 dash episode 33. I will also have all of the links to be able to connect with Sean, uh, connect with his team, connect To connect with the company. Um, So make sure you check that out. I want to say thank you to Natalie and the team at Dennis's for putting this together. And thank you so much, Sean, for being on the show.
1: That's great. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: If you liked this episode, make sure to check out my most downloaded episode on this very topic. This episode is in season one and is episode 32 with Simon from DDI. You might also want to check out Carol from DDI as well. And that is episode 39 in season one. Next week is woman in supply chain series part 11. And I have Lori Benson from EY on the show. Her and I will be speaking this week at the SMAO, which is Supply Chain Management Association of Ontario, their conference on Friday. And we are doing an interactive session about diversity. You're going to want to check this episode out because you're going to get a sneak peek into that session that we're doing at the conference. We're going to be talking about, you know, bias. What is diversity? What is diversity? all sorts of things how you can start that conversation in your company so again that's next week and you're going to want to check that out if you would like to support the show here are just a few ways to do that number one is my supply chain dictionary it's 107 pages of supply chain acronyms and definitions go and check that out that's on the website letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop number two is go to ships.com that's s-h-i-p-z.com and be one of the first people to know when we are about to launch our platform. Make sure to sign up. Those people are going to get exclusive access to the platform that we are developing right now. Number three is Listener's Corner. Send me your questions for the experts to answer and so we can start conversations in our supply chain communities. That's listener at letstalksupplychain.com and finally rate and review the show. Please go to iTunes and rate and review Review the show so other people can find us, and I will feature your review on an upcoming episode. So go and do that. It only takes a few seconds, and I would definitely, definitely appreciate that. Thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the show. Have an amazing day, and remember, everybody ship happens.